People in our world are living in spiritual darkness, but the light of Jesus Christ is never dim. In this episode, a testimony of rebirth is told. Perhaps it bears witness with your heart. After all, this is your story. Where would I be without your love? Where would I be without your grace? Father in heaven above, all of my sins you erased. You saved me from a life of misery and rewrote my history. This is my story, and to you be the honor and glory, y'all. Resurrected, born again, no longer a slave of this world I'm living in. Broke the chains that held me down, I've been set free, so let me testify. Father, thank you so much for this day, for your goodness and for your faithfulness. Yes. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, for bringing Rabbi Cal to share his story of transformation. We just pray that you would cover him with your special peace in his mind and his heart, Lord. Let him share yes, what Amen. you would put in order to bring transformation to so many who'll be watching. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Rabbi, October the 7th, 2023, will forever be a significant date on the Jewish calendar was also significant for you and your wife. As Messianic Jews, you traveled to Israel and landed in Israel on that very date as well. Right. Describe your experience for us. Well, my wife and I, we were coming to Israel to attend the Messianic Jewish Alliance Conference. It's, it's an alliance conference of leaders from all over the world. And when we are, we've been to Israel many times, but this one was different. Because when we first landed in Israel, before we landed, we were, it was announced that the, um, for all the passengers to fasten the seatbelts, there's a security issue in Tel Aviv, and not to leave your seats. And so we, we didn't know exactly what was happening. But then we checked on the news channel, and we discovered that Israel was under attack. There was missiles flying in, in, into Tel Aviv. And so once we landed, we, we had a hard time finding a, a way to get to the place we were going, but we did finally get a, a shuttle. And we went to this place called Yad Hashmono, just outside of Jerusalem. And we weren't sure whether the conference would continue, but we, they decided to uh, continue the conference. We actually had come a day early, and, and we felt that there was a reason for us being there. So we, the con conference did continue. Um, and during the conference, we um, had a couple of experiences. Uh, the air siren went off a couple of times, and we had to run to our bomb shelter. We heard this big, huge crashing sound where the Iron Dome hit a missile flying over, overhead towards Jerusalem. And then the second time, we had to run to the uh, bomb shelter. It hit a, it actually hit a village just next door to us. So it was rather quite unsettling, you know, to uh, be experienced of that. So we kind of realized that we were getting a small sample of what Israelis deal, have been dealing with for years. Because every, every home has a bomb shelter, and often it takes, you know, you're only given 10 to 20 seconds to get to the bomb shelter when there's a missile attack. Sure. Now you got out okay, obviously. Right. So we did have a hard time getting out because no one wanted to fly into Israel. So we did make arrangements with the Canadian embassy and they flew us out on a military airplane um, that the Canadian government had provided for, um, you know, citizens in Israel in, 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 from Canada. So we were able to get out of Israel and they flew us to Athens and we made our way home from there. So a Messianic Jewish person is, is one who has come to believe that Yeshua, Jesus, is Messiah. We believe, we call him by his Hebrew name, Yeshua, HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. And you don't stop being Jewish when you believe in Yeshua. You maintain our identity as a Jew. So we maintain our identity by meeting on the Sabbath and by observing God's appointed times and just going through the whole cycle of, of the feast throughout the year. And so we have a 
We live a Messianic Jewish lifestyle. We meet on the Shabbat, have air Shabbat dinners together as families, and just really experience the whole experience of what it means to be Messianic Jewish. So we had a lot of expectations and hope of just being able to enjoy Israel and visit with many of our fam family and friends. But when we were there, we realized that we were there for a different reason. And it was not, we were there for such a time as this because we were, uh, for the leaders that were able to be there, um, because a lot of the fights were canceled and they couldn't get into Israel, uh, we came, came a day early and we thought, thought even the fact that we came a day early was significant that God wanted us there for a reason. And so when we gathered together as leaders, we were praying and, and we're interceding and just really felt that God had a reason for us as leaders being there, praying for Israel and what they were going through at that time. So we, we really thought it was quite, quite prophetic that God had timed our conference, right? The very day that this um, war began. As a Messianic Jewish rabbi, can you explain the importance of Israel's homeland to us? Well, I believe that... Um, when Israel became a nation in 1948, to me that was one of the most significant fulfillments of prophecy in the scriptures because many of the um, prophecies mentioned in the Bible, in the New Testament particularly, are related to Israel. So Israel had to be back in their land. And so for the last 75 years, God has supernaturally transformed the land. He's taken a barren wasteland and transformed it into one of the most fruitful and productive and innovative nations in the world. You know, Israel grew from a nation about half a million to over seven million today. And so, you know, God has really um, honored his word and he's fulfilled his promise to is that he would bring his people back to the land. And so I see Israel is a very, very key uh, in terms of God's end time purposes of what he's going to accomplish in these last days. Rabbi, I want to separate the two terms, Jewish and Messianic, for just a moment. And I want to focus in on your Jewish identity. As a young boy growing up, did your Jewish identity mean much to you? Well, um, it didn't mean all that much to me. Uh, my mother was raised in an Orthodox Jewish home, very observant, and uh, her parents died when she was quite young, so she didn't grow up with a strong sense of Jewish identity. And so she ended up marrying um, someone. You know, my father, uh, he was a Canadian, and they met in the Army, and they got married, and, they, and he wanted to come back to Alberta. So uh, we came back to Alberta, and shortly after that, my father left my mother. And uh, so I was, my mother was left raising four children. And so it was really quite difficult, you know, growing up without a father and, and just experiencing that. So my mother didn't really um, teach us a lot about our Jewishness. So I basically grew up without an understanding of, of what it meant to be Jewish. But the one thing I did, I always remembered, I never doubted there wasn't a God. I always believed there was a God um, but I didn't know that you could have a, a personal relationship with him. In fact, I, but I never would profane his name for whatever reason. I never profaned his name, you know, even before I became a believer. Um, but I just didn't know that you could have a personal relationship with him. And that's what I struggled with as a young person. And so I felt robbed as a young person, not having a father to be there for me. And um, so I was quite angry with my father, but it took me many years to for, forgive him. But so I, cried. I grew up without a sense of, of who I was and my identity as a young person. Um, and that was really the big fear that I had as to what am I going to do with my life? When I could, you know, I was afraid to graduate from school because then I'd have to face the reality that I had to make a decision on what I was going to do with my life. And so that is really kind of a whole part of the process that really led me to, to know God is, is that whole searching for my identity, who I, who I was, 
what, what is God's purpose for me? You, you always knew there was a God. Someone might ask, how did you know? I don't know how I knew. I just knew there was a God. As you look around the world and you see everything so orderly and beautiful, it couldn't escape me that there had to be a God that was responsible for us being here. Rabbi, um, many people struggle with various shades of darkness in their lives. In your life, there was a shadow of darkness. And as you mentioned, that related to your personal identity. What do you actually mean by that? Well, um, as I said, my, as I was a young person, I, I really struggled with, with who I was and I was fearful of death. I thought, you know, um, if, if there was an afterlife, what was going to happen to me when I die? And so I, I, I struggled with that, you know, as, a lot. Did you ever talk to your mother about an afterlife? Well, my mother experienced a lot of death in her family. And maybe that was one reason why I felt fearful of death, because her mother and father died, her brother died, her fiancé, who she was supposed to marry in the first place, he died in the, in, the, in, the, in the Second World War. So I grew up with this death all around me. And so I was wondering what was going to happen to me when I die. And um, so my mother did talk. She didn't talk about it too much because it was kind of fearful for her. But for me, it really affected me because I really was quite fearful about what's going to happen if I do die. Now, growing up, there was an older Jewish couple whom your family had adopted as grandparents. Right. Your grandparents gave you a book. Right. And that particular book led you on a messianic journey. Right. Describe it for us. Yeah. He gave me the, uh, the New Testament and um, asked me to, to read the New Testament. And so I, I out of respect to him, because I literally respected him, I took this New Testament and I said I, I would read it. And uh, so when I moved to Calgary, I um, also got a hold of a book called Lake Great Planet Earth and uh, a book on Bible prophecy. So together I was reading, I was reading the New Testament, I was reading this book on Bible prophecy, and I was starting to realize, you know, that maybe there is some, maybe God is real, maybe there is, the Bible really has something to say to me. And so I was really quite drawn to the Gospels in particular. I was really drawn to uh, Yeshua's teachings because everything that he was teaching was what I was looking for. He was promising direction. I'm the way, the truth, the life. He said, I'm the resurrection of the life. He, was, he said, you don't have to fear death. And he was promised to give me an abundant life. So everything that he was teaching is exactly what I was looking for. Rabbi, you mentioned how the Gospels attracted you a great deal as well, but also the late great planet Earth by Hal Lindsey. And that book um, affected many people for the good and turned many people toward Jesus making him Lord and Savior of their lives. How did that book affect you? Well, as I was searching I um, and reading through the Gospels in particular, um, I was also reading this book called Lake Great Planet Earth. And it was right during the time of the Yom Kippur War of 1973. And here Israel was caught by surprise, as they were again October the 7th. They were caught by surprise on, on the holiest day of the year um, and how Israel was invaded and attacked and um and and then here this book as i was reading this book talking about how you know how the nations are against israel and and so i just started to realize well maybe the bible really has a lot of relevance and so i really really even motivated motivated me even more to read the scriptures and to understand more about what yeshua was teaching but that book really did have a profound effect upon me because i was thinking why is it that 
there are, there are, if Yeshua is claiming to be the Messiah, then why is it that there's so many Jewish people today that are believing in him when, when many in the Jewish community say that he's not the Messiah, and yet 2,000 years later, there are many, many who are believing in him as the Messiah. And so maybe begin to wonder, well, maybe Yeshua is who he claims to be. And so I really started taking Yeshua a lot more seriously than his message and so forth. And so reading the, reading the New Testament, reading this book on Bible prophecy really began to bring about a transformation in my life. Well, let's talk about that transformation because there was a significant moment in your life when both Jewishness and Jesus collided together. Describe what happened to you. Well, I, as I was um, searching for these for over a period of two years, I, I and as I did all the studying and, and research, I came to the conclusion that I had to make a decision, the moment of decision. And, and, and am I going to really believe in what Yeshua is teaching or not? And I remember in my mind, I, I was praying, Lord God, if I believe in you, I'll have to give up so much uh, in my life. And, and it was like the Lord turned that question around in my mind and he says, what will you be giving up if you don't believe? And then he gave this, put the scripture in my heart, what is the profit of man if he gains a whole world and yet loses his own soul? And so I realized, you know, you can never win an argument against God. And so I just realized that that's right. Everything that he was offering is what I was looking for. So I would be foolish not to believe in him. And so then I made that decision to accept you should my life just in my own room uh, where I was uh, staying got down my knees and I just prayed and asked God to forgive me. I repented of my sin. I, you know, I, I believe that Yeshua, you are, if you're the Messiah, I really believe that you are the Messiah and, and I really ask you to forgive my sin and, and to come into my life. And the moment I did that, I knew something had happened. I immediately felt a sense of peace and joy in my heart that I never experienced before. It was really quite a supernatural experience I had with God. And that moment that took place, do you believe that's when you were born again? Yes. Because I, immediately after that, I had such a zeal for God. I wanted to share my faith with everyone. And um, so I knew that in all, in all the questions I had before, they didn't seem all that important anymore. That God began to answer my questions and, and it was like scales fell from my eyes. And I started to see things differently for the first time in my life. And, and I've never, in all my years as a believer, I've never ever gone back. I've never backslidden. I've never turned away from God. It's been, I've been faithful and true to Him from the moment I believed. My Jewishness became alive to me when I became a believer. He awakened my Jewishness. And he began to, um, and I was really quite excited about the fact that I had Jewish background, Jewish identity, and, um, and I wanted to rediscover what that Jewishness meant for me personally. And so that kind of, when, the, when God called me into Messianic ministry, um, you know, that really is what kind of strengthened my understanding of who I was as a Jewish believer in the Messiah. And, and so I began to really experience that. And, and being a Messianic leader today has been just incredibly fulfilling. So when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, your Jewishness came alive. Can you explain that further? Well, my Jewishness didn't quite make become real to me at that moment. It wasn't until I was about three years, I, I really felt that God had called me into something, into some kind of a ministry. I didn't know what it was. And I was attending a congregation with my wife, and uh, there was a fellow from a Jewish ministry that spoke. And he came up to me after the service was over, 
we never met each other. He came up to me, and as soon as he saw me, he said, God's called you to work among your own people. And, um, and I was kind of taken back. And I realized, wow, I said, What's, what is this all about? And so it was at that moment that God began to make my Jewishness become more alive to me. And, um, and then as I was struggling, as I said earlier, my whole sense of uh, identity was I was really struggling as a young person. But then I discovered, you know, that uh, in the synagogues all around the world, there's a Torah portion that is read every Sabbath. So if, if you go into any synagogue anywhere in the world, we're all reading from the same Torah portion. And, and each Torah portion has a name. And there's 54 of these Torah portions that are read throughout the whole year. You go through the whole cycle of the Torah readings. And my Torah portion of when I was born, because that becomes the portion for your bar mitzvah, your abat mitzvah. And my Torah portion was called Va'ikra, which means, and he called. And it's taken from Leviticus 1, 1 to 5, and it talks about Levitical offerings. And so I, and so the Lord showed me that he called me. You know, that was a calling. It was, a, it was like my life was a living sacrifice to him. And I was born on the Shabbat. Uh, I was born on the first day of the new year on the Jewish calendar, Rosh Kodesh, Nisan, which begins the whole cycle of reading. So, it, so then when I came to that revelation, I realized, wow, you know, God, you really have a purpose in my life. He knew that I, what I was going to do before I was even born, that I would become a Messiah leader. And, and he confirmed that by my birth bear shot. And that really kind of really consolidated in my life, you know, how important my calling is. And that's why I've never doubted God ever since. Now you speak about um, your calling and your Messianic Jewish leadership. Right. After that particular service that this individual spoke prophetically over you and your wife, where did that lead you and what did you do? Well, it led me into uh, being involved in, in the Jewish ministry. Uh, at that time, it was a, more of a missionary approach of reaching Jewish people. And, um, and then I became aware of the Messianic um, a few years later. And, and so then I really felt God was you know, leading me into Messianic ministry. So that's why I decided to resign from my position with in his ministry and go to Bible college. I went to a Pentecostal Bible college, now called by Vanguard. And then after that, we, my wife and I, we planted the first uh, Messianic congregation in Western Canada. And we were really pioneers in those years because no one even had heard of what a Messianic congregation, Messianic Jew was. And there's only one other congregation in Toronto. So we really were pioneers. And I discovered that during the Jesus movement, um, there was a revival that happened during the Jesus movement where God uh, saved thousands of Jewish people. And many of those Jewish people who were saved, many of them are, were, became Messianic leaders of congregations, and I was one of them. So within that Jesus movement, it, it brought forth a whole group of leaders who are lead, were leading Messianic congregations even to this very day. Rabbi, as a, as a Messianic Jew, coming back from your current trip that you took to Israel with the war taking place, and all that's happening even with nations looking at Israel as a nation. Where do you see Israel in the prophetic calendar at this point? Well, I believe that Israel is God's timepiece, you know, and, and we, I believe that we are in the midst of a birth pang. Yeshua warned uh, that there'd be birth pangs. And I believe this is a global birth pang because it's not just affecting Israel, it's affecting all the nations. The very fact that Israel as a nation has responded to a, a, ter a terrible massacre tragedy and they've got into Gaza totally bold and, and determined to destroy Hamas and it's created such an uh, uh, a reaction in the world that's unprecedented you know that there are 
massive protests happening all around the world. They're anti-Jewish, anti-Semitic, and, and they're just, they're just, you know, so, um, a lot of Jewish hatred, you know, and, and, and that's what Yeshua warned that would take place in these last days. And so I see that Israel is really a, a key to God's end time purposes. And so a lot of the attention of the world is right now focused on Israel because Israel will become the, 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 the key uh, element in these last days where God will fulfill his purpose. And, and the people, the nation's reaction towards Israel, the sheep and the goat nations, those nations that support Israel, God will bless those nations that do not. God will curse, and and that's just a, you know what God um, described in His Word. You know that uh, Israel is a key to these end time purposes. So what we're happening today is just another indication that we're in the last days. We're seeing birth pangs taking place in the world, and you know the pandemic was one global birth pang, and now we're experiencing another one. They're becoming more and more intense as the birth pangs increase in intensity. Things will continue to become more intense, and and I believe that we're on the verge of seeing the, the coming of the Messiah in our generation, I believe. And so it's all about what's happening in Israel. So we need to keep our eyes on Israel because that's God's timepiece today. John 11, where Yeshua said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. And then he asked the question, do you believe this? And I, I said, yes, I do believe this because I believe it's true. Yeshua is the resurrection and the life. If we believe in him, we shall live even if we die. And so that really settled the question about my fear of death, because I realized that death, there's life after death, that death is not the end. It's the beginning of a new experience with God. Is Jesus who he claimed to be? Is he the Jewish Messiah? Is he the Son of God? Is he Lord of all? Jesus asked his disciples a question in Mark chapter 8. Who do men say that I am? It's a question that we all will face and need to answer. C.S. Lewis concluded that Jesus was either a liar, a lunatic, or he was indeed Lord. If you choose to believe that Jesus was who he claimed to be, like Rabbi Goldberg, all you need to do is look to the cross, confess your sin, ask for his forgiveness, and you will be saved and I can promise everything will change. We have people that would love to pray with you, so give them a call. Our 24-7 prayer line is 1-866-273-4444. If you want to learn more about the gospel of Jesus Christ and how it can transform your life, you can request a free Bible by calling toll-free 1-888-482-482. 4253 you can begin your journey with Christ now well you know Jesus is everything to me I mean he saved my life he, he he gave me eternal life he is my master he's my lord he's my savior he's my messiah he's everything that I was looking for in life and if anyone is searching as I was you'll never be disappointed this is the most important decision anyone can make in their whole life is to believe in Yeshua Jesus because he is your lord and your savior he will save you and he will redeem you. Amen. Oh,